season three teaser take one about what I'm doing right now is I never know who's going to get in the car. I never know who I'm going to encounter or what kind of mood they're going to be in or if they have a gun or any of those things. Mm -hmm. The variables are so vast. Mm -hmm. But I don't worry about those. I just let that person get in the car and I give them the utmost respect, the best drive that they've ever had, you know, a comfortable warm car or cool car or, you know, water on the doors, mm -hmm. gum if they want it, and Tic Tac if they want to kiss with their girlfriend or boyfriend <laughs> in the back or, you know, um, just to offer them dignity mm -hmm. for a moment that somebody cares that they're not being judged to be loved for that moment because some people don't feel real love you know unjudgmental love mm -hmm. and I just want to give that that's that's my whole gig um, so pretty much the reason for the group is I um, I'm surrounded by so many amazing, talented, successful um, uh, women, and I wanted to bring them together to do something bigger. Um, for me, I know that's a blessing personally. It's not something that a lot of women can say um, that they have, but yeah, we are united because we're friends, obviously, um, sisters, and we're just here to do good things in the community, show people that women can come together, um, put differences aside, but also make those differences powerful. Um, and yeah, so here we are, beautifully blessed women. So Kate, not wanting to look ugly for her duel, she didn't wear her glasses. No. But Maddie did because she wasn't fucking around. Yeah. And so they're like in the street, they're facing each other, they do their paces apart, and they're like waiting, and then they both draw. And Kate shoots first, and she misses Maddie, and then Maddie draws, and she misses Kate. But Maddie's bullet hits Cortez. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow, it's really like some King Solomon shit there. <laughs> and that is known as the first recorded duel between two women. Wow. I don't know if it's like in all of history or just like Colorado history. I'm fine with him dying. <laughs> 
I, all of my identities are black and woman and educator and researcher and performer and artist. When I got here, it was like me learning about my blackness crash course in like a year. Like it was like being around all these white people and like Ferguson happening and like Mike Brown's shooting. Like I, first thing I did on campus was go to a vigil here for like his shooting and I'm, I'm seeing all these like white happy people who just don't care about anything and can ignore all the things happening in the world and I'm over here like scared to go babysit for these people because I have to walk through their neighborhood and it's like I was feeling like really 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 very 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 heavily how my blackness was impacting my life and it was for the first time ever like my parents did a really intentional job and good job of like making it so that I did not have to think about my blackness first for like most of my childhood I'd say mm -hmm. not saying I didn't know I think they they did a good job of making me proud of it I think too but like it was not a thing that was constantly on my mind as like oh is someone interacting with me this way because I am black so the show goes into a lot of like hentification something I haven't heard of until this show where it's basically about like well we're familiar with gentrification right, right. but like gentrification is like minorities actually helping like uh with actually like allowing like these white businesses to take over and stuff mm -hmm. and there's a lot of discussion like a lot of the dialogue is like it is actually like half the dialogue is in Pocho that, oh, that's what nice. it's called right yeah yeah and it, it's one of the few shows on television that has an all latino cast unfortunately and when season one came out, it was actually the only show with an all-female Latinx writer's room. And unfortunately, we're in season two and it's still the same thing. So with season two, like, this is gonna be another plug, but like, in an interview that she gave out with the Keep It podcast, Tanya talked about how she's talking about, um, about, you know, what it means to be like Latinx enough or Hispanic enough and mm -hmm. the colorism and issues like that. Mm -hmm. like yes you know you're you're pregnant I was like oh my god and I remember the first response for your dad and, and this is just because we were so young he's like what are you gonna do and then I was like what am I gonna do <laughs> I have to face my dad he's gonna kill me that's what's gonna happen I told my mom first and your grandma she was like Oh my gosh, you're gonna have to leave. I was like, what? I'm gonna have to leave? Why would I have to leave? I had a job. I was like, why would I have to leave? And she's like, your dad's not gonna be happy. I mean, she's telling me all this in Spanish. I know you have to leave. You have to take her. She told Fabian, you have to take her. And I mean, at that point you're like, what? You know, you're the first people we're, we're telling. How we, how, where are we going from here? And he's going to college and I'm working, but come on. So this, all this fear came, you know, came for it, came and got us. I feel like we were both sitting there and then dad walks in. I'm like, oh my gosh. So then I told my dad and surprisingly, he was very emotionless, like very, you know, his face was, I think he was mad, but more sad than mad. Cause I was the one that was going that went to a college, like you know, I was the one that had a job, and even though my sister was working too, um, 
he probably expected a little bit more from me, but um, the disappointment, I could see it. I could see the anger in his face, but I didn't take my eyes off of him because I thought, I'm going to turn my back and he's going to charge Fabian and he's going to kill him. <laughs> so I kept looking at him and he just said, you know, to leave. I was like, oh my God, I'll leave. <laughs> Who in your life is a chingona? You? It's my mom. My mama. You know how she's still married to my dad. Me too. Chingonas, welcome back to season three of Chingona. I'm Leah, and this is a podcast about women and femmes and queers and non-binaries who inspire with their heart and their hustle. I know it's been a minute since you've heard some new material, and that's mostly because I've been dealing with some health issues since last August, and that has taken up a lot of my time and energy. But with the world kind of being put on pause for the moment, I have found the time and energy for the things that I love. So I'm back with a brand new season and brand new stories. I'm very, very proud of this season. It's the first season I produced entirely by myself, which is another reason for the delay in putting out content. But we live, we keep pushing forward. This season, you'll hear stories from a Lyft driver that I befriended, a baby drag king, a physicist, a group of women in the Denver area that banded together to bring opportunity to young people of color. You'll hear from our first cisgendered male guest and the OG chinguana in my life, my mama. So what you heard at the beginning of this episode is just a sneak peek of what's to come. I hope you love it as much as I do, but let me know what you think. Comment, rate, subscribe, and follow on Twitter and Instagram at Chingona Podcast for both. And lastly, this season is dedicated to the memory of Raul Garza Sr., my grandpa, who after nine years finally gets to be with my grandma again, wherever that may be. I'll talk to y'all soon. <laughs>